What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be here with you guys once again. Uh, this last week was another great week of college football. Uh, happy to to you know discuss it with you. Had some very interesting surprises. I think we're getting. You know, out of the conferences that have been played, we're getting a little bit more uh, of a clearer picture. I think uh, the gap between uh, one, two, three, uh, and the and that gap versus number four is wider than probably it's ever been. Uh, I want to make a case of why we shouldn't uh, again expand and uh, maybe talk about a little bit of, of of business and stuff like that. Now, uh, as you guys know, I've got my degree in business and Spanish, and one of the things that we learn is you know in economics, right? When the government comes in and imposes something uh, this is just basic e economics 101 when, when they come in and they say you know a price floor uh, or they put a price ceiling everything hovers right around those prices uh, now it might be to help farmers out say you know what you can't pay less than 25 cents for for a you know piece of corn because that's just what you need to do to stay viable well, when when uh, you you've got to have the supply and the demand at the exact uh, you know level. Well, we inadvertently, as college football fans, because we always want more, and we as humans always want more, which which is fine. I completely agree. Uh, but when we we want more, and so we said, you know what, we watched that LSU and Bama game, and what was it like nine to thirteen or something like that, and it was just flat out boring. And we said we don't want this ever again. That was garbage. Not only did we get two SEC teams, which were arguably the two best teams that year, uh, and outside of, I mean, yeah, that third-place team, you can always make an argument for, and maybe maybe we switch it up, but we've now put it at four teams. We're like, you know what? This The, the, the four teams is what we're going to do. And I'm yet to see, you know, something to tell me that the fourth best team is anywhere near one, two, and three. Uh, you know, year after year we see it. Uh, you know, maybe, I mean, I'll have to go back and, and really dissect it. But when you think of the top three teams in college football, you think of Clemson right now, Alabama, and probably Ohio State. Now, you might have them in, in different uh, orders than what, than what I've said. Maybe Ohio State 2, maybe Alabama 3, uh, maybe Ohio State 1, maybe Clemson 2. Uh, whatever it may be, those three, pretty much unanimously, you can say, they're, they're the cream of the crop. And then every once in a while, we have some team come along. LSU last year. Well, you know what? They played really well. Georgia, uh, Washington, Oklahoma, right? But... There's never been a time, I mean, uh, where I'm like, huh, I really, I mean, I liked Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield and stuff like that. Like, that was a fun team. But I feel just like the gap is so far, and that's why the two versus three game is so intriguing. Don't forget about Notre Dame, right? The two versus three game is so intriguing that we kind of forget about the one versus four, and that is completely fine. I mean, it it, it is what it is, but 
I I think that we inv- inadvertently, you know, put uh, what the government does when they put price ceilings, price floors, whatever it may be, uh, or when, when supply hits demand, it always hovers around four. And I think the disparity right now between, I mean, yeah, we've said four, uh, and you can make an argument. There's always one team. You can say, you know what, no, they're, they're number four. They, they pretty much, uh, you know, they fit the bill of who is number four. But the gap from, you know, four to five is even tre- even more tremendous. We saw a Florida State team. Now, I have openly uh, been very against. Now, I like, I like uh, Mike Norvell. I thought it was the right hire. Uh, I even liked, I defended Willie Taggart. Uh, I just think that it was a bad, it was a bad situation for a lot of people. And I think Jimbo saw the writing on the wall with some of the things I think Jameis Winston kind of caused. And I'm not, I mean, it's not 100% on him, but I don't think there was uh, a lot of accountability. And it kind of just started spiraling. The ACC was bad and it kind of hid the dysfunction that was Florida State. Uh, but Florida State, which, I mean, really, since that national championship run has been irrelevant, uh, they beat the fifth-ranked team in the nation. Now you're like, well, you know, North Carolina, maybe they were overrated. But really, North Carolina is a really good football team. Uh, I'm going to stick up for them. I, I mean, they haven't played the best. They took Clemson to the wire last year. And uh, I, I really liked this North Carolina team. Now, were they marching? 100%. Uh, did they do things that they shot themselves in the foot? Yes. They did. Did they play a perfect football game? No. Did Florida State? No. But they were able to beat North Carolina. They got the jump down. Uh, we see Georgia lose. They were third in the nation. Now, obviously, I think Ohio State. So I have Ohio State as number three. So really, Georgia was the four. So we see the four and the five team in the nation lose. And like I said, the disparity is so, so, so big between these. Now you're going to say, well, who was the sixth team in the nation? Well, you would argue Notre Dame probably is number six right now. I mean, there's going to be people that say, well, you know, throw Oregon in there, and you might want to make a case for for some other teams. But really, Notre Dame was number six. Notre Dame was uh, number six in my book. And what happened? They were playing at home in kind of a drizzly, rainy, cold day in South Bend, Indiana. They won 12-7 to against a Louisville team, which, I mean, I love Louisville. You guys understand that uh, I'm a huge Coach Scott Satterfield uh, fan. But got blown out by Georgia Tech 46-27, to lost to Pittsburgh 23-20, to and and also lost to Miami 47-34. to And frankly, I beat Western Kentucky not really convincingly. I mean, 14 points, okay, I'll give it to you there, Louisville. But realistically, they shouldn't even been in the game. But again, we see that that team is. You can go. You can continue to go down. Auburn losing to South Carolina, thirty to twenty-two. Well, it was in Columbia. It was at South Carolina. Still not impressive. Tennessee getting worked, thirty-four to seven. Now, last week I said uh, Kentucky was the best one and two program in the nation. The week before I said they were the best zero and two program in the nation. So maybe we need to put a little bit more respect on Kentucky's name. Uh, but you kind of get the point. And then Miami, which you know. Is is at that seven eight spot right overall? Uh, has beat uh, an all right Louisville team, beat down on Florida State, got schlacked by Clemson, and then ultimately lost to Pittsburgh last week. And realistically, they have maybe two hard games on the road out uh, in the ACC. So 
The disparity between them is is huge. We saw an Alabama game 41 uh, to 24. Now that was just in like the second, I mean, realistically the fourth quarter, they outplayed Georgia. And if you look at 24-7 composite rankings, Georgia is the most talented team in the FBS and Alabama got them. Now can you, now did Georgia get more five stars? Alabama have more four stars. That's something you can kind of get ticky-tack on. Uh, Saban was on the sideline, maybe gave him a little bit more juice. Uh, I thought it was going to be closer, but it wasn't. So we're going to dive in. Last week, we had Houston versus BYU. And uh, at the, the betting line uh, was plus five for Houston. Uh, I think it ended up creeping a little bit lower once game time started. Uh, and had it been, I, I, I thought BYU was going to win. Uh, I thought it was going to be close. I thought it was going to be within a field goal. Uh, obviously, I was like, I was skeptical. Uh, people got to understand. When you make predictions, you you become what you talk about, right? And and with BYU, uh, last year I nailed them. I said BYU fans are going to say, you know, uh, this Wilson kid is the next Heisman hopeful. Uh, he's going to be, you know, all the rage, and he's going to be a world beater. And he's played really well. But last year I said, look, the kid is a sophomore. What is, I think he was a sophomore last year. Uh, I said he's playing. He's going to play some tough defenses, and I just didn't see. I I don't see a sophomore uh, that you know when he played before the the games that I saw him play. I didn't think he was a world beater. I thought he was an average BYU quarterback. Now this year we fast forward. Uh, you know he took some time during the shutdown. He really did some things. Really per- perfected his craft. And and hats off to that kid. But I I was really critical of BYU last year, and so this year everyone's hating on me that I am still a little bit critical. Well, I'm sorry, again, when you can't bang on your chest when you're yet to play a Power 5 opponent. Now you're going to say, well, Tyler, 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 calm down. That's the product of the system. They weren't in a conference. They're not playing Power 5 teams. They couldn't do it. What are you talking about? No, you're right. And and, and during COVID, yes, uh, I, I completely understand, and I'm not going to fault BYU for playing uh, Texas State and Houston and North Alabama and, uh, you know, Winnemucca State and Panera Bread and Corner Canyon High School. Oh, sorry. Did, uh, did that sleep out? No. I'm not going to fault them. I, I really a- am not. But do I think that they're, they're next level? No. I think they would have lost the University of Utah. I think they would have lost to Minnesota. I think they might, probably would have even lost to Missouri. Uh, they probably would have been a four. Uh, I, I, Boise State, I think they're going to lose to. So I think they're a, you know, a eight and four team. Uh, they're going to win a game that they shouldn't, and they're going to lose a game uh, that they shouldn't. But this year has been a little bit more unique. And I took Houston in this game, and, and I know that I'm justifying it, but I took Houston because I said, you know what? I like Dana Holgerson. He is a better coach than Kalani Sataki. Uh, I thought that maybe a little bit of the talent was about the same. I don't think, I think BYU would be a really good American team or would be a really good Mountain West team and would be middle of the road to bottom of the pack in the Power Five conferences, whichever one you put them in. And, uh, you know, they, as I watched the game, the block that the punt that went like 13 yards was the turning point. I understand that uh, Houston came out. Uh, they came out a little bit flat. BYU came out swinging some punches, and uh, BYU in the end ended up getting it. Now they got a couple touchdowns in garbage time. I don't really count that. I'm 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 sorry. Uh, realistically, I think the score. Uh, you know, you minus those those points. Uh, it comes out to like 29-26, which realistically I thought was the 
really what should have been, you know, the final score of the game. We're just going to leave it at that. I, I, I genuinely believe that. 29-26. They got, you know, uh, Houston, after that punt, uh, they held them, right? They, they, they stopped them. And then it felt as if the offensive coordinator uh, at Houston just laid an egg. I mean, they were doing things. They were getting really good chunk yard, uh, you know, plays at a time their quarterback played really well yeah Wilson outplayed him a little bit but again I think garbage time stats but realistically they were neck and neck through halftime and even through three quarters they were really similar now do I think that kid's going to win the Heisman at uh, Houston no I don't so I don't know why we're comparing that to Zach Wilson but Zach Wilson didn't uh, make any mistakes many egregious mistakes there are some reads uh, of course you're going to have that uh, the offensive line led a couple of sacks pushed him out of field goal range at one point those kind of things were my dad said you know the onside kick was it those kind of things I felt like Houston shot themselves in the foot had they recovered the onside kick had they not had the 13 uh, yard punt and then I mean I, again I, I'm going to rant here for a second but I don't understand how you can call a personal foul on one player and not the other now Houston had like four personal fouls and it's not because I hate BYU but you're telling me that as I'm sitting there uh, that, you know, I, I mean, there was one, it was kind of at the bottom of the the goal line. Uh, the BYU player pushed the guy, he got up and pushed him. I understand the ref always gets the second guy. But you cannot, you cannot tell me that a grown man is just going to randomly go up and, and knock the snot out of somebody. That just doesn't happen, especially when you're playing in uh, at Houston or at BYU. Regardless. Regardless of how it... How are they not offsetting penalties is beyond me. I don't understand it. Well, why did he react like way? Well, the ref just throws a flag. Well, he threw a punch. Well, he literally just said, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, you, you can't say that. I, I don't care what you say. But there were multiple times. I mean, the tight end at BYU, uh, he, he kind of got into it a couple of times. There was a, a few tussles around it. And I understand, you know, uh, you know, tempers are high and stuff like that. But I think that's the ref's job. You gotta control it. And 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 realistically, there was that one uh, penalty, Kentucky versus Auburn, where Auburn player kind of moved the Kentucky guy, went up and pu pushed him. Well, no, you called a 15-yard penalty, and I'm an Auburn fan. I'm like, you call a 15-yard penalty, but you missed the penalty beforehand. There's always a why, and I understand that it's like, well, maybe the ref wasn't looking, maybe he didn't hear it. I understand, but I don't understand how they're not offsetting penalties. Beyond me, uh, but Houston. Houston shot themselves in the foot multiple times on multiple occasions. BYU did not. They played a fairly uh, conservative game. They played a very, uh, really well, I mean, fundamental game. They had, you know, 400-yard passing. Uh, Zach Wilson... He played good, and I want to and I want to give him. I want to leave it at that. He played good. Good job, buddy. Uh, and that's that. I want to continue to watch BYU. Obviously, with the Boise State, uh, you know that's their next hard game. They have three hard games on their schedule, and if they go undefeated, they're not going to go to the the playoff. They they don't. I'm sorry. If you want to see an absolute beatdown, uh, you you'll see it then. Uh, but you know what? The if they do a bowl game, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl will be a great spot for them. Uh, again, I I think it's just. A, kind of a little bit of a charade but I got to give credit where credit is due you beat a tough team at home at night on on uh, on a short week after a really bad uh gaming is UTSA where you know you could have lost that game as well uh but 41 26 for BYU finally uh Pitt Miami 
I wasn't able to watch this game. I was just kind of uh, keeping up. I went up north to see my family this last weekend. Uh, the spread was minus 13.5 for Miami. Uh, we took Pitt. I said Miami would win. I thought it was going to be a little bit closer, but it was 12 points, so we were right on that one. Uh, happy to have predicted that one. Same thing, we're going to get into this Georgia-Bama game. Uh, the the line was 4.5 for Bama, and I said it was going to be a field goal game. Uh, I really thought it was going to come down... Uh, and I thought, it, honestly, I thought it was going to not be as high scoring. I thought 27-24 uh, along those lines. But Alabama hit a different gear. Georgia was playing well through, realistically, three quarters. But when the Georgia cornerback fell and they got that big over-the-top touchdown that forced it, I believe it was, tw- that made it 27-24. I think it was 24-20 at that time. When they got that touchdown, Alabama just kicked it into a different gear. Uh, you see this in running when, you know, it's the last uh, you know mile if you're running a, a 10K. The, the, they just have this extra gear. You've been pounding, pounding, pounding the whole time running at your same pace. And then the elite runners are able to say, okay, I can hang at this pace. Now it's time to ratchet it up. Let's turn up the intensity. And Georgia just didn't do it. Now I think that Georgia, I think their quarterback, uh, for the last four or five years, I've been very critical. I said, why do we continue? Why is Georgia so good and their quarterbacks are so bad? I, I've uh, That's beyond me. I don't understand that. Uh I thought that they got outplayed there, and Alabama's fast. I think Alabama realized a few years ago, hey, look, we got to be able to to win in shootouts, and they they kind of switched from the traditional, uh, you know, give the ball to you know, Richardson or what? Did, I think Derrick Henry played there. Just give the ball off to these big backs and just let them power run uh, five yards a pop. Alabama's an exciting offense, which I didn't think I'd ever say. Uh, but, you know, for example, the Alabama of six, seven years ago probably would have struggled against that Lane Kiffin team, and they were able to pull out the win there. They were able to win in a shootout. Uh, anyway, uh, again, I uh, my bet was good through three quarters, and then uh, Alabama had to go and score. I was hoping that Georgia would get one more score, keep it a little bit interesting, keep the pressure on, but they didn't. Uh, the next game, Texas State at South Alabama. I was able to watch the second half of this game. Uh, I thought, you know, Texas State has been playing consecutive every single week. That was one of the reasons I like uh, Coach Spivadal. I like what he's doing down at Texas State. And uh, South Alabama hadn't played for, I believe it was two weeks. And so I was like, uh, I know that Texas State hasn't been good in the past, but I'm willing to take the risk, kind of like the Houston game where Houston hadn't, I mean, this was only their second game. Uh, I was like, you know what? Uh... I know they're on the road, but I'll t- I'll, I'll I'll take it. Uh, they had to beat them over. I thought Texas State probably was going to win outright. I was wrong there. Uh, 30-20 for Texas State over South Alabama. And then finally, Boston College, Virginia Tech. I was just way off. I wasn't able to watch this game because I was watching the Georgia-Bama uh, game. But uh, Virginia Tech kind of flexed, kind of showed their muscles, uh, why they are where they're at. Uh, really going to be an interesting game uh, upcoming. Uh, you know, where the, the ACC is always so uh, up and down, and I'm really excited to watch that Miami game. It's in two weeks, oh, three weeks, uh, the 14th of November. Uh, they go to Blacksburg, Virginia to take on the Hokies. That's going to be a really good game, and I really think, I mean, Miami has to be Virginia Tech. They got to beat North Carolina. I still think that North Carolina is the best that I've seen so far. Uh, I I mean I like I like Virginia Tech, but I think North Carolina uh, they were able to beat them, and I think North Carolina is going to get back on the horse. Uh, 
going forward and they're going to be able to, you know, they're going to beat Notre Dame. They'll beat Miami. I think that was their one loss for UNC. And I'm a Duke fan, so that takes a lot for me to say. Anyway, so we're going to be taking a break now. We're going to have our uh, little intermediate uh advertisement after that we're going to be talking about week eight predictions what to expect with the big 10 and the mountain west coming back we already have a mountain west game postponed kind of sad there but uh we're going to be breaking all of those down so stay with us after the break we'll be breaking everything you need to know uh next week breaking it down for y'all so let's keep this ball rolling and we're back again with uh, Get the Ball Rolling. Happy for Advertiser. Uh, you can always find us on Twitter at Get Rolling 19. It will take you uh, to the link on our Apple Podcast account. You can also find us wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google, uh, basically anywhere. Tune in. I believe we're on there. Uh, Stitcher. We're everywhere. Listen to us. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Get Rolling 19. Uh, anyway, so we just wanted to, I think this next week, uh, like we were talking about at the break, I was talking with my little brother and my dad and, and some of these other people, some of my friends, uh, you know, text groups and stuff like that. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what the Big Ten looks like. They were kind of the skeptics. They decided, no, we're going to go forward with it. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like the Big Ten set up some pretty interesting games, uh, games that uh, I wouldn't normally, I mean, I'd be like, I'd be excited about, but I mean, like... It's just so much different this 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 next year, you know. Anyway, so I was looking through the schedule. Uh, I think they gave Ohio State a really favorable schedule. I think they even gave Michigan a nice schedule. Uh, we're going to see some really good football games uh, going forward. I, I've always uh, never understood how the Big Ten uh, separates the East and the West before, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, Ohio State does get Penn State at Penn State, and they're home against Michigan. Uh, I think that's going to be some really good games. I really like Indiana uh, this year. They kind of came on last year. I think they're going to be uh, a little bit better than what they were last year. Uh, I thought uh, at the beginning of the year, I said, watch out for this Indiana team. Uh, the way that it was kind of structured, their schedule, I said, you know what, they could even maybe upset up Penn State or an Ohio State the way it is I've got to kind of retract that now I'm not saying that they couldn't beat uh Penn State coming up or 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 whatever but I think they're 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 at a really big disadvantage they're home against Penn State home against Michigan and at Ohio State and at Wisconsin uh I I like I mean I think it's hard to win on the road you might be able to make i uh, a case that they might be able to beat Michigan, but I feel like Michigan's kind of big brother there. Uh, they do get West, like I said, Wisconsin on the road. So anyway, I, I just think, I mean, I liked their schedule initially. I believe it was a couple games and then it was like Penn State and then a couple more games. I mean, it was like, it was home against Penn State and a couple more games at Ohio State, but then Ohio State had a turnaround. It was like Indiana, Penn State. I was like, you know what, maybe Ohio State overlooks them. Whatever it may be, uh, I still like Indiana coming. I mean, I like them. I don't think they're going to, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to go to like the, the Big Ten Conference Championship, but I do like them. Also, with the with the Mountain West is a little uh, awesome as well because I've been doing Boise State, the Orange and Blue podcast, and uh, talking a little bit about them. They're actually one of my bets this week. Uh, I decided to go big on them, uh, full in on Boise State. I think this is going to be a tremendous game. Uh, there, I had uh, looked on Twitter, and there was a reporter that said they they believe that there, there might be fans in the stands against BYU. BYU uh, does not play well at Boise uh, on the blue turf against Boise. See, they did win in the Idaho Potato Bowl, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, I think I believe that 
uh, you know, going forward, we're really going to see some really interesting games coming up. Uh, you know, I, I broke down, we broke down the Boise State schedule on the last Orange and Blue podcast. Uh, I think they're going to roll through Utah State. We'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, we have some really interesting picks this week. I'm excited. Again, I want to know what it looks like. Uh, I'll obviously be tuning in to, I want to see what Ohio State looks like. Uh, don't buy Nebraska. Stay away from Nebraska. Uh, that is not the pick that you want. Please listen to me. Stay away. You don't want it. Uh, I'm not a huge. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm just not a huge Nebraska fan, and I feel like I've been really on it. Uh, I mean, Scott Frost. I kind of. I. I made fun that they had. They put the championship banner, and but then I was like, well, maybe he could, you know, salvage something uh, again. You know, for. Uh, you know, for the the the, the school, uh, you know, alma mater, and he hasn't been able to do it. I don't think he's the guy to do it, and uh, he his clock is ticking. Anyway, so our picks of the week, we're going to start off with Boise State uh, on the Orange and Blue podcast. My friend uh, Jeff said he thinks it's going to be a twenty eight fourteen game. He said, you know, it's going to be tough, uh, just because. Uh, you know, we don't know what these teams look like. Utah State lost Jordan Love, and I've said this a lot. Do you have the same quarterback? Do you have the same coach? And, you know, what does your defense look like? Those are the three ingredients that I need. Playmakers, they come and go. They're they're, they're very, you know, I mean, yeah, really good pl- uh, playmakers will make a dent, uh, but uh, one wide receiver to another I don't think really makes a huge difference uh, in the overall game. But really, uh, you know, I look at it, uh, I think Utah State lost a lot, and I think Boise State, outside of their offensive-defensive lines, you know, if they can protect Hank Bachmeyer, I think, you know, Boise State is a team. It's uh, 16 and a half. I know this is a big one. I actually said on the podcast 42-10. I think Utah State will get a few points in there, a few punches, but I'm taking the the I'm taking Boise State with the points. I know I got to give up a lot, but I do like the Broncos in this game. Now I have said this, uh, and I don't know why I didn't bet them last week, but again I said you know. Kentucky was the best 0-1 team when they when they lost to Auburn. I said they were the best 0-2 team when they lost to Mississippi, and I said they were the best, you know, 1-2 and team when they when they beat uh, Tennessee. Well, I'm saying it right now, and I think they're going to be the best 2-2 and team. Uh, they're playing Missouri. Missouri had to take a week off uh, due to, I believe, an outbreak with LSU. It might have been uh, some COVID cases with uh, with uh, Mizzou. Mizzou won. Uh, you know, they had their big game, or not, I mean, last week, they they played Vandy, uh, but regardless, they had their big win against LSU, I don't, uh, think that they're going to be able to bounce back, I like Kentucky, they're a good, hard-nosed team, uh, they might even, uh, you know, take Florida for a ride, they could take Georgia for a ride, I don't think you want to sleep on this, uh, Kentucky game, uh, right now, the, the line started at six, it's creeping down a little bit, right now, it's a five and a half, I want to take the five and a half points right now, and bet on the Kentucky Wildcats. Next game up, we have Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Now, uh, Oklahoma State's favored by three and a half, and they're on the road, and you're going to go, Tyler, you're going into your same trap. You're betting for Iowa State. Uh, now, uh, you got to understand, I bet the points and stuff like that. Uh, it's really hard. I mean, like, I can predict games. I'll be like, ah, oh, no, you know, I thought Alabama was going to win, but I thought it was going to be closer. That's what makes betting so much more fun. And uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of change it up a little bit this year uh, with get the ball rolling is to kind of add that element, make it a little bit more difficult on myself. Well, I want to be taking Iowa State uh, minus three and a half points. I think it's going to be close. Oklahoma State hasn't played for a while. They played atrocious against Tulsa. Uh, I believe their quarterback is still out. I mean, uh, 
his name Sanderson, I believe is his name. Uh, anyway, I don't like that. Uh, you know, I get three and a half points, which basically means they had to win by four. Uh, I think it's going to be fairly low scoring. Uh, they've played well. They've always been within, uh, I think, the biggest over the last six or seven years that Oklahoma State has won has been like seven points. And the biggest Iowa State has won has been like seven points, which is probably where the line's at where it is. But I want to be taking Iowa State. I want to bet on my Cyclones. I want to bet on Brock Purdy. And I want to bet on Matt Campbell. Next one up. Now, this might be a little bit of a shocker, and maybe it's because, you know, I bet him last week and I got lucky uh, with the with the pick, but Pitt against Notre Dame. Pitt has the best run defense right now in college, and you saw against Louisville, that's basically all Notre Dame could do. Their passing offense was abysmal. They didn't pass the ball fairly well. I think Ian Book, a lot like Zach Wilson, is a product of the system. Good, not great, not super elevate he's going to be able to win you games but i don't think uh you know he's going to be like i said a world beater i don't think he's going to be a trevor lawrence a justin fields a trey lance uh more so i really like trey lance that will be for a little bit later in the spring we'll kind of break him down but i get 10 and a half points they beat louisville by just five at home notre dame is on the road at pitt this is a really easy pick for me uh i even think pitt might win outright. Uh, I think it's going to be closer than 11 points, in my opinion. Uh, I know you kind of get scares, and you're like, well, maybe Notre Dame just played bad. You don't play bad at home. Uh, and, and I know Louisville's good, but you don't play bad at home. And I think that uh, Pittsburgh's a little bit more talented than Louisville was, so you get a little bit more, uh, you get a little bit more Flex on them, a little bit stronger defense, and I don't know. I don't know where Notre Dame. I mean, outside of book, I don't know what weapons they've got, or you know, they're kind of a little bit down. Uh, I think they lose this game, and I think Pitt. You know, they've been in a lot of close games. They know how to win. Watch out for the Pitt Panthers. Finally, uh, a lot of people have been talking about uh, Coastal Carolina. They are undefeated right now, and they're like, well, put them on, uh, a guy said, put them on a neutral field against BYU and Coastal wins. Uh, obviously, because Coastal Carolina coming from basically sea level, I believe they're out by Myrtle Beach, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But regardless, uh, they're going all the way up to the mountains at 6,000 feet where, you know, Lavelle Edwards Stadium sits. And you say, no, so you'd play them on a neutral field that they would win. And, and, and that's an interesting topic, but I don't think we're going we're gonna to ever see that unless it's a bowl game. But they are playing, the Chanticleers are playing Georgia Southern. Now, I know that they beat uh, Louisiana. That was a big-time win. And that might have been their Super Bowl, kind of like when the Raiders play the Chiefs, right? Raiders played extremely well. Now they're going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that the, the Chiefs was their Super Bowl. I think they're going to lose to the Bucs. Now maybe that's just because I'm a Bucs fan, but that's just how I see it. This is how I see with, with CCU, with Coastal Carolina. They played extremely well against them. They haven't, uh, I don't I don't believe they played App State yet, which I think, I mean, App State is just absolutely amazing, but Coastal Carolina is a really interesting bet. Uh, their games against Georgia Southern over the last uh, four years, I believe they've beat them only once, and their other, or, yeah, their other two losses were like overtime uh, wins. Yeah, they, yeah, so they beat uh, Kansas, Campbell, Arkansas State, and Louisiana. Uh, just because I think Georgia Southern is a thorn in their side. Georgia Southern, uh, I haven't watched them this uh, year very much, but they used to run that weird triple option. They're a tough team to prepare for. Uh, I like what Georgia Southern is doing. I like Shai Wirtz, uh, and I want to take them, and I get five and a half points. Uh, now, CCU might win outright, but I think it's going to be a lot closer. Last year, I believe the, the line was th uh, the game was three uh, points in like triple overtime. The year before was an overtime by like four points. I get five and a half. Um, 
even though Georgia Southern, uh, they, I mean, they're right now they're sitting at two and one. Uh, they, well, sorry, three and one. They beat Campbell. They did lose Louisiana, which was you know kind of the game that you could compare against. Uh, they beat ULM and they beat UMass really bad last week. Uh, and you can kind of you can argue either way. I just really like this game. I think that uh, Georgia Southern uh, with, with the points, I'm going to take it. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if if CCU can prove me wrong here. Maybe I become more of a, a Chanticleer fan and we get talk about them a little bit more instead of Texas State, who is one and four. And uh, this, I mean, I like what I what I'm seeing building and that's a lot of things on the show is as when I see something it's like I like what Jake Spivadal is building he might be one and four but I like what he's building uh last year you saw the Dolphins you never you're like well they're not a, a really good team but they were winning I liked what Brian Flores was building and right now Joe Judge in New York yeah the Giants are are really bad they're not they're not very good but it feels like they're building. They're getting better every week. Same thing uh, with Texas State. That's why I talk about them. Uh, Coastal Carolina, they're kind of coming out of the woodwork. Uh, they were a really good uh, FCS team. Now, I believe they entered in 2017, so about four seasons later. Uh, they're really starting to make their mark. I like them. Uh, I hope to see them continue to excel and to, to reach higher peaks. I mean, go Chanticleers. Uh, but like I said, maybe we, we talk about them a little bit later, uh, a little bit more if they get the win. Anyway, so those are our pits. We're taking Boise, Kentucky, Iowa State, Pitt, Georgia Southern. Uh, and those are our picks of the week. Uh, we're happy to be with you guys. Again, if you like what you heard, you can always go back and listen to us. Uh, last season's episodes, we have a lot of coaches' interviews. Uh, if you're on Spotify, it will have the individual picture of the school, the mascot, whatever it may be. Uh, if it's just our Get the Ball Rolling logo, then you're obviously going to say, okay, well, the, well with Get the Ball Rolling, then that's just going to be me talking, uh, giving my analysis of college football. Also, if you like what you hear, you can listen to the Orange and Blue podcast. Uh, it's my friend Jeff and I. We work for company in Denver through Woos Media, and uh, we're doing one. It's extremely fun. Uh, you can also listen to their podcast as well, College Football Weekly and uh, you know Sharp Angle Podcast. Those are those are some of their podcasts. Uh, excited to be doing that one. We're talking all things Boise State. Uh, give you a little bit of a breakdown. Excited to watch that Utah State game. We'll definitely be tuning into that on FS1. And uh, finally, again, uh, like always, you can follow us on Twitter at GetRolling19. Don't be afraid to reach out to us. Uh, we're always ready to hear what our fans have to say. A lot of these things, when I, when I build a, a program around it, uh, like I said, a lot of people... I've had people say, you know, you're a hater, BYU hater, you're BYU, you know, you, 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 I like when you, you say what you say, same thing with Ohio State, uh, and, you know, you've been on, on, you know, Iowa State last year, they were what you said they were, and, and, and we're really good with predictions, we're also wrong on a lot of predictions, so, uh, obviously, we try to hold ourselves accountable for our predictions. Anyway, so this has been our final, well, our final edition for this week, but, uh, next week we'll be breaking down the Big Ten, I didn't put any Big Ten teams in you know, our five games this week just because I don't know what they look like. Uh, I I mean, what about if Nebraska came out and they're really good? I'm like, oh my goodness, maybe I was wrong. I was wrong about Nebraska and it's okay. Uh, but I don't know what they're going to look like. I think the Michigan-Minnesota game is the most intriguing Big Ten game. I will give you that. Uh, I actually took Minnesota to win. Uh, that's just our kind of our final plug. I don't know who Michigan's quarterback is, uh, but that's kind of our sixth prediction. It will be a lot of fun to watch that game on Saturday. All right, you guys stay healthy, stay safe, uh, stay away from COVID and, uh, and the flu and all kinds of sicknesses. We want you guys listening to this as healthy as possible. Stay safe out there. Uh, continue to have a wonderful time. And until next time, let's keep this ball rolling.